Hello and welcome to the Academy of Conscious Creators podcast, where we have extraordinary discussions to empower you to create the story of your life. Each week, you will discover how to overcome painful patterns of mental, emotional and physical distress, how to drop the mask of your public persona, and revolutionary steps of what you can do to awaken your true health and potential. You have the power to create a new story of your life starting right now. So, what's your story? As social beings, we humans love to share stories. It's inherent in our cultures and histories, whether we're sitting around a campfire with friends or family, or immersing ourselves in someone else's story via the mediums of television, film and theatre. Yet you might not realise that your own personal story has been constructed by your social interactions and the meanings you assign to them at the time. Painful stories in particular tend to get stored in our psychological backpack and we retell them over and over again until they become part of your core identity. But what would your life look like if you realised that you had the power to shape a new story of your life? Welcome to our show. I'm Victoria and today Pete and I will deconstruct the stories we've carried in our backpacks and share insights into how you can change your story if you don't like the way your current one is playing out. Hi there, Pete. Hey, Victoria. Hi, listeners. Hi, audience. Good to be back again. So we've been telling stories um, for so long that we actually become them and we accept this identity as a way of life. And this is heavily influenced by um, our familial, our cultural and societal constructs and they shape the expectations of what we have for what is possible for us. So Pete, would you like to kick off with a story of your own? Yes, I, I, I would actually. Um, I was thinking about this as, as you were kind of doing the intro there. And I think one story that I've got in particular is to do with, I guess, a family situation and I'm not sure if I mentioned to, to you or the, the audience before, but when I was very, very little, uh, roughly 11 months old, uh, my, my father passed away and um, under you know, odd, odd circumstances. Anyway, long story short, even though I didn't consciously know him, I, mean, I, consciously, I can't consciously remember him, you know, clearly there's uh, a bond that got broken and you know, a high degree of emotional pain that, that I suffered as a young child. And so it then, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me that the story that I bought into was that I need to close myself down in order to protect myself and ensure that I don't get hurt by being vulnerable and then have somebody potentially leave me. So when I look back and think about how I was, particularly, you know, round about the age of, you know, a young teenager, it became quite clear that the way I was was quite guarded. I used to, you know, play my, my hands close to my chest, as they say. And I was always very, very aloof, I guess is the way to describe me. And so 
I was more about asking others about themselves and finding out about other people rather than allowing myself to be opened up and um, and be exposed because you know potentially I could start to you know to like somebody you know form a friendship or, or whatever and then something happens we fell out and then they left and that'd be a reinforcement of this of this fear of loss so um yeah I mean that that's definitely a story that I think had been playing out and um and also I was very very kind of anti-conflict and again you know that is a case of I didn't want to not be liked by somebody in the event that you know, if we had a friendship, for example, that they would then not like me and they would leave. So this whole recurring pattern of fear of loss, fear of loss, fear of loss played out in many, many instances. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that I know was there. It's something that has dissipated to quite a large extent, part of it due to me consciously making an effort to, to change it, but also also because of the, you know, the passage of time as well, you know, wounds, time heals the wounds. And um, so, you know, the combination of those two has definitely that made that story subside. But I think, yeah, that was a very, very um, intense story that was playing throughout my life, uh, which began, yeah, when I was roughly one year old. So that's one I, I, I you know, I, I wanted to share. Um, now, of course, yeah, there are other stories in that that um, kind of come up from time to time. I guess another one would, oh, funny enough, it's also linked to my dad, but this time my stepdad. Okay. And so that would be a, a, a cultural story. So so my, my, my real father was from Trinidad in the West Indies. Um, my stepfather was from Jamaica. And, um, but both had come over here you know, during the uh, the fifties for the uh, during the, the windrush period. Anyway, long story short, um, my dad, my stepdad, from from when I can remember, really, was always saying to me that you know, as a young black boy growing up in, in the UK, and bearing in mind this was like the seventies, right? So I kind of give away my age there, but um, you know, you're going to find that you've got to work you know, twice as hard as everybody else. You've got to be twice as good as everybody else, just to kind of, you know, just to, just to stand still. So, you know, I would take that on board, and you know, like like the sponge that I was because I was young. However, when I, I guess when I got to the age where I could start to think for myself, um, which is probably around about eight or nine, there was a part within me that was like, no, 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 I'm I'm not buying into this story at all. Now, you know, I could understand even at that young age, as to why my stepdad was saying that because of what he'd been through during the 50s and stuff. But I knew um, that, you know, I, I was not inferior to other people. I was the same as other people. Yeah, I may, I may look different, but, you know, my intrinsic value was no less than any other man or woman on the planet. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of like pushed back against that thought process. And you know, as a result of that, you know, whilst I, you know, clearly there has been situations where I've been on the other end of, you know, people and unfavorable thought processes and unfavorable words and language towards me and behaviors, you know, that's always going to be part of life, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever you've got different cultures mixing, you're going to get this type of, uh, this type of challenge. But 
you know, that aside, that's just part of life as far as I'm concerned. I've never bought into that story whereby I'm only half as good as somebody else. Therefore, I've got to work twice as hard. And, you know, ultimately, here I am today, a testament to not buying into that because, well, I'm here with you, you know, running their own business. <laughs> right? You know, so um, so I understood where where my dad, well my, well, my stepfather was coming from. You know, I get it. Different backgrounds. You know, he had a much harder time than I did. But, you know, there was something within me that just said, nope, I'm not having that. <laughs> and uh, so that was swatted away and, and, and kicked to the curb. So two stories there that I'm happy to share, you know, one from a, well, both from a family background, but one in terms of an emotional outcome and two in terms of like a, a perception based on culture. So I hope mm. you some insight into my own personal stories there. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Pete, and quite pertinent, very personal stories as well. And I think, um, you know, it's the fact that you, chose whether you were consciously aware of it or not but you chose that you weren't gonna play out the same story that had been you know passed down generations and um I mean I can relate to that in a different way um and it's something that I think I touched on in episode one um about um the women in my family and you know I was brought up um in an environment which kind of reinforced the limitations of the role of women in the family. And so either you could um, go to work, but you probably wouldn't aspire to being anything other than a, you know, secretary um, and, or you would be a stay at home housewife. Um, And, you know, for me, I wanted something more than that. And I think the other thing is that, most people well most of my relatives in both on both sides of my family um their relationships broke down and they ended in divorce so it kind of um it kind of um set up a career uh, sorry it set up a belief that um i was powerless to have something different from that and that i was unworthy of having both like a satisfying career and a happy healthy relationship um, and then this was kind of reinforced when I was 15 by the um, careers advisor who, and I don't, I think it was an extern, somebody that had come in externally. So she didn't, as far as I know, she didn't know anything really about me. And she told me that I could go and work in a bank and for like a, you know, young creative, that was just really soul destroying for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was as if, the, the continuation of that story had happened. So you kind of had this, this pigeonholing situation going on inside the house. And then when you've left house and you're at school and you're getting advice in terms of what to be in the world, you're, you're getting the same advice, you know, so yeah. the story gets perpetuated, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you touched on culture as well. And I think, you know, if you look at the culture that we grow up in here in Britain and of course other countries around the world that, you know, from a very young age we're always um, taught to sort of get permission from somebody outside of ourselves so you know when we're very young we're asking our parents if we can do certain things then um, as you said you go to school and you have to ask the same permissions Um, and as we get older there's seemingly someone else that we need to get permission from 
So I think that kind of just perpetuates the, the belief system, right? Mm, no, for sure, for sure. It's, um, it's definitely about being aware of the impact of, you know, the company of those that we keep, you know, be it at a societal level or even at, you know, a kind of personal social level. Mm. You know, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, we might miss the fact that actually the people we keep company with do play a, a, huge, sto- a, a huge role in keeping that story alive. Um, you know, you, we get people that are um, not really hearing your story and they might be like, well, you know, it's always been like that or it's just, this. you know, it is what it is. I hear that a lot. Um, just get over it. Heard that before. Um, you know, and oftentimes, and I think, you know, I could be guilty of this as well, is that someone else will tell a story and then we reinforce it by saying, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened to me and kind of just keeping that that story alive, you know. Well, yeah, that is that is a good one to, to talk about because, yeah, as you're saying, I think about a particular story of mine that occurred, or rather was a friend of mine at the time. Well, I put that in inverted covers. I think was trying to keep the story that I was going through in place, but actually what they shouldn't have done is done that at all so I think sometimes we need to look at the friends that we have and also families sometimes as well yeah and discern whether what they are doing and saying and how they're acting is there for our best interests and you know they're inadvertently keeping us or helping us to keep the story going you know what they want is the best for us but they don't realize that through what they're saying such as examples that you just gave that they're keeping it going uh you know and that can be you know you you can forgive people for that well very unconscious isn't it but they're playing out the patterns that they've you know learned in their upbringing and yeah yeah exactly and you know and, and we reciprocate right you know we sometimes do the same thing right inadvertently but there are also um you know, I, I guess the term I, I would give is you know, operators is one of my favourite terms. But people know, you know, f- again, friends of yours, quote unquote, know that if they say a certain thing, what it will do is keep you where you are. And actually, the reason for that quite often is so that they don't lose you as a friend or they, you know, maintain perhaps, you know, a higher social status than you have or you know a higher um commercial status or whatever than, than you have and so you know sometimes the the actions of um you know the friends and family that we have are not honorable deliberately so so i think it's really important to to be able to, to discern where people are coming from in terms of you know mm. quote unquote the support that they give you well, I think I read somewhere about, you know, people, you know, they want to see you do well, but they don't want you to do better than them. It's just well, a, that, yeah, that's right. part of a human condition. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, to add to what you just said there, Pete, is that, you know, it's important to realise that, you know, we're all playing a role in the stories of, you know, not in the, only our story, the main role in our story, but we're also playing a role in the stories of, of um, other people around us and, and vice versa. Um, so, you know, your story is never, in fact, the whole story. 
And um, I wonder if one of the reasons that many of us get stuck um, in the current story is because when you start to shape a new story for your life, for yourself, then it means your core identity will change. You know, everything you've identified with up until that point start to shift. And it might also mean that some of the people in your life will, you know, disappear from your life. They don't, they don't fit with that new you that you're creating. And of course, that can feel really quite scary. Yeah, exactly. You know, never a truer word said. And actually, that's that's a really good segue into yeah, another element of the story story that we've got um, you know, to share with the audience. And that is, yeah, the kind of, what's the story behind us failing to succeed? You know, what, what's going on there? Um, because I think this is, this is a story that's shared by you know, nearly everybody, you know, who's, who's listening to this or watching this um at some stage or another you know there have been goals that we've set ourselves that you set yourself and in your mind you know you're clear and you're set on, on getting that goal making it happen but you know things don't go according to plan and when you kind of think about it i think um you know it, it kind of boils down to three key things you know, the reason why we don't get to where we want to get to is because we have a fear of failure. We have a fear of success, but also, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for there to be a situation where um, we don't feel good enough. Right. So whatever way you throw the dice you know, out of each, you know, any of those three options, the bottom line is that we don't end up getting what we want. So what we need to start to do is begin to, to really, you know, challenge our belief systems, um, our limited way of thinking, so that we can begin to break down these you know, self-destructive patterns and basically, you know, rebuild ourselves up and rebuild a story in a new way. So we can either do that simply by, for example, um, you know, kind of looking back in, in our experiences where we found stuff that we've done or ways that we've behaved that run contrary to what we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's quite a straightforward way of doing things or you know that there perhaps might be like a, a more complicated set of, set of approaches that people need to take but either way you know, whether it's simple or complicated it's, it's all about challenging these ingrained beliefs so that we break them down and build them up in something new and better yeah no spot on pete and you know if if we're trying to create a new story of our life then there is going to be a bit of a struggle because we have to let go of the one that's been playing out for, for so long. And, um, you know, it makes me think of the story of the butterfly. Um, you know, it has to emerge from this chrysalis and um, struggle to get out. And I think, um, I think it's a fact that if you try and help the butterfly get out before it's ready, then it won't have the wings yet to fly. So, um, yeah, the reward of doing this work is that it's going to be life-changing, but you might have to go through a little bit of struggle and pain to shift out of that old story into the new story that you want to construct. And then as we do start to reinvent ourselves, then what will happen is that you'll start attracting the right people that will support the new story that you um, are creating, the new version of yourself. Um, and, 
yeah, start to see those shifts happen over time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, you know, you can't have the same factors remain in place if you're going to have a different outcome. <laughs> you know, it's like two things can't, occup- can't occupy the same space. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the law would be. Maybe the law of common sense. <laughs> but literally, you can't have a different outcome if things are staying the same. So something's got to move, something's got to change, something's got to give. And I think it goes back to what we were saying. I think it was maybe one or two episodes ago yeah. about, you know, two sides of the same coin, you know, transformation on one side of it has what was and on the other side has what will be. But, you know, you can only ever have one of the faces showing at any one time. You can't have both. But to get to the other, you know, one's got to change. So, um, Mm. Yeah, so we, I think we, you're right. We said it in a previous episode that to gain, you have to lose something, and then sometimes it's losing part of our identity that we've uh, carried around with for so long, which no longer serves us. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Awesome. All right, Pete. Well, thank you for uh, joining me again. I think uh, it was another deep topic, and yes. will get people thinking. Um, so I'll just recap what we did discuss today. And that is that we discovered that our stories are heavily influenced by our family, by our culture and our societal constructs. And we also looked at how our expectations of what is possible for us um, shape what we tend to experience. And then Pete and I also shared insights into how we could begin to deconstruct and de-story our story if we don't like the one that we're currently in. And so if you're ready to start creating a new story of your life, grab a complimentary session by contacting us at www.wearetacc.com and discuss a coaching programme just for you. And you can also join this discussion by submitting any comments or questions to our Facebook page, which is the Academy of Conscious Creators. And we will answer those questions in our weekly short answer session, which is each Wednesday at 7pm. And do join us again next Wednesday at eight o'clock, where we will take a deeper dive into how you can escape from failure and be open to possibility. So until then, what's your story? Thank you, Pete. Cheers, Victoria. Cheers, Lunas. See you later. Bye-bye.